After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Fula. After further review, we got David the Man of God Harris on the phone line. He uh, took a week off. Welcome back into the new year, though, David. Uh, didn't get to really tell you Happy New Year except through text. Uh, last week we thought you'd be on the show, but obviously some things came up for you. Um, David, uh, winners and losers of the bowl season, but tell us a little bit about your new year. Yeah, first of all, Happy Thanksgiving. Glad to be back here. Happy Thanksgiving. You know, I was losing to Dan Snyder. I was in that press conference interview. Oh, yeah, yeah. After New Year. Yeah, I, yes. I remember he did say happy. <laughs> he said, yeah. <laughs> Funny. Yes. Yeah, so, so, New Year's was good. Rang in the New Year. Kind of had a little little whiskey, you know, romance drink and watched some football, watched a little bit of basketball. And just kind of relaxed. New Year. No New Year's resolutions yet, but. Yeah, football kept going, and I kept watching, and I was baffled by some games, amazed by some. The college football season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now that it's somewhat all over, but you still have the next championship to go, of course. But yeah, this is a pretty good winners and losers, I would have to say. We wrap up this bowl season here. Okay, all right, so you want to wrap up the bowl season, and here we go. We can get this on for you. Here we go, Frank. I mean, David. All right, go, go, David. All right, so, of course, we'll do a little differently. We're going to start off with the losers of the bowl season. Yeah, and then we'll finish off congratulating the winners. The first loser I have is the Big 12 as an entire conference. It was, it was just bad. I mean... We, we don't even have to talk about Oklahoma getting, you know, rickrolled by LSU in Atlanta. Although that was like the marquee, kind of like down by the Big 12. The one win, surprisingly, was for Texas, who handled business against Utah, and we'll get to that game a little later in the loser segment. But yeah, for all this season of coming into, hey, we have two teams that could easily be in the Big 12. In the college football playoff, Oklahoma beating out Baylor for the longest time. A lot of people thinking the Big 12 had a legitimate shot to kind of finally make some noise and show why they should have been in the top four. They should be a conference that's recognized and respected for football. And then you get to the bowl season, and it's like they're a bunch of eggs. I mean, granted, Oklahoma State didn't lose by that stat against Texas A&M, even though that game was okay at best, if we're just going to be honest. I mean, Iowa State and our boy Matt Campbell got wallowed by Notre Dame. I mean, Baylor, everyone thinking, hey, this is a team that more or less was competing to be the second best team within 
Pac-12, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was not good. So, if, I, if I'm the Big 12, I don't want to say go back to the drawing board, but maybe some of these rankings that we were giving the Big 12 throughout the season, maybe they weren't really accurate. I mean, we can get into a whole conversation about whether Oklahoma should have been the 14 and just in general, but yeah, Big 12 did not have a good day. Another conference that did not have a good day, the ACC. Aside from Clemson, which they were kind of the class of the ACC, also known as the ASS, around these parts, they... I don't know what to expect from the ACC year in, year out. Like, they talk about, hey, we're not just the basketball conference, we're not just Clemson. But then you have Miami, who used to be a powerhouse. They've fallen off the face of the earth. They get shut out by Louisiana Tech. I mean, that's embarrassing in itself. You have Virginia losing to Clemson, which Virginia has a top 25 team. Kind of questionable just to begin with. But we know Virginia football. Are they really that good? We don't know. I mean, you have wins by Pitt North Carolina against teams that Really weren't that good. I guess you can say Temple was decent in the American. They they were kind of top tier ish contender. Louisville being Mississippi State, and like there was no marquee kind of surprise. There was no ACC getting that dominant win outside of some. So I think the ACC going another year, another lot of questions. Is ACC a legitimate power five football conference or is it just Clemson and then pick a bunch of teams to represent the conference and we'll just kind of flip a coin from one of those games. Another right. loser, next team sticking close to home. Got to talk about an action. We, we were going so well with Buffalo and Kent State. Kent State finally getting the first playoff or bowl victory. Buffalo ending the year on a high note, and then it just falls off. Central Michigan getting walloped. Eastern Michigan losing the pit, which, I mean, Eastern Michigan has six of both teams in Detroit. It's kind of, a, kind of a de facto home game, but still gets into the conversation of if you're at six and six, you know, do you really deserve a bowl game or are you just chilling it in? Western Michigan losing to Western Kentucky a team that you really don't think about all that much in terms of bowl season. I mean, Miami of Ohio, in a game that I've watched from the full full game, losing to the Raging Cajuns, it's like, like the match is taking some months this year. And it would have been nice if we would have gone to the bowl, but just kind of looking at the rest of the bowl season would have made a difference overall if we had gotten to a bowl? Probably not. We would have found a way to lose to some Sun Belt or American team. But yeah, it was not good to be Mac and or Mac alum. It was, yeah. And then the last loser, of course, I couldn't go this entire segment without mentioning the fact that Ohio State y'all had everything going for you. You had all the Momentum saying, hey, we were job as the number one team in the country. 
you get all these impermissible benefits from LeBron James and the NCAA. Like, yeah, yeah. Free gifts, benefits, and ball games. Who cares? And going in, you had the big lead on Clemson, talking all this stuff about, oh, J.K. Dobbins, he can't stop him, Clemson's this and the other, and you poop a hammer. You can complain about whether certain calls were flagrant, worth dejections, which they were, but at the end of the day, you didn't execute in the red zone. Your quarterback that you were touting as this great player, oh, he makes a big difference. Through 4-1 reception, including the game-stealing one at the end of the game, to settle for threes instead of sevens, and Clemson just beat you. So, I hate to say it, but Ohio State, I mean, you can't talk all this trash and then blame everyone, the refs, for losing that game. So, Ohio State, you are a loser. You really, you really wanted to say that, didn't you? Oh yeah! I, as soon as that game was over, I was like, "Ooh!" And, and it was surprising. And it was—I don't want to say surprising. It was more embarrassing because we talk about all season long. Ohio State always gets the calls, but the second something doesn't, and or or gets no calls in the case of the Big Ten championship game against Wisconsin, where there was a clear outside, excuse me, false start. But when when the calls don't go Ohio State's way, they are the loudest criers I've, of any fan base, and that's saying something because they are so quick to jump down at referee's throat. But when someone mentions it, oh Ohio State, you get all the calls. No, you guys just have to play better. You just have to play better on the field. It, it's just it's just surprising to me. Yeah, yeah. But, I I somewhat agree with you. They do. It. It's true, and then but then again, though they're also a fan base that isn't used to losing. I mean, let, let's let's be honest about it. They usually win through the Big Ten, or they usually win the Big Ten championship and get to the playoff, or they get to a New Year's Six uh, bowl game. And you know, when they don't, they feel a little salty. Yeah, and I mean, like like I was saying, you know, like if you execute in the red zone and kick and get touchdowns with the field goals. We're not having this discussion. Ohio State could have won that game, kind of similar to an LSU scoreline. They had the ability to blow Clemson out of the water. They just didn't execute. And at the end of the day, it's not about who got ejected because in Ohio State, it's next minute up mentality. It's not about who got passes or this fumble that got called back. It's about the players that are on the field. Can you execute? Well, For that was that was a major did. that was a major player that got ejected from the game. I, I think they need to review that 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 play and see if it's incidental or actually on purpose when it comes to targeting. Um, if it's incidental, then obviously give a, a penalty and not eject the player from the game. Not to mention, since it was targeting, if they would have won, he would have set out the first half of the national championship game. People, I think, don't realize that either. But that was a major piece. And they, when you get to the point where it's a battle of teams that are really good at that point, losing a, 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 a key player does play factor in it. But Ohio State did have their chances to win the game, and Clemson took advantage, I guess, somewhat of the calls and made big plays down the stretch to pull out the victory. Yeah, and I think for me, just, and the reason I say it's next to my mentality is, you know there's another five-star 
recruited right as you know the backup. So, and it just seemed like it, when Ohio State was winning, it was like, oh, you know, we lost them, but you know it's okay. We're still going to try, you know, complain to the referees about it, targeting call. But as I was thinking about it, like good teams complain about refereeing and fishing. Great teams move over and kind of next minute on mentality. Elite teams forget that that thing ever happened, and then they just put in the next guy, plug and play, and they just keep chugging along. Like, there was more than enough time, at least in my opinion, there was more than enough time within that game for Ohio State to get it out of their heads that this guy was ejected. I mean, if he hadn't gotten ejected, just for me, I would have treated it like, oh, he's injured, he's out of the game. He can't play anymore. And so, for me, the only difference between a targeting penalty or a guy that gets injured is that the circumstances and it's one that referees and I, I thought it was a good call but looking at the ref or looking at the official rule but you know Ohio State doesn't care about those and then kind of a guy getting injured it was a great game don't get me wrong it's just Ohio State when it came down to winning the game in crunch time they took the hammer doesn't feel through that interception going on the national championship game. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree on that one. I, I mean, everyone gets – I mean, it, there's bad calls in every game. You can't – it's not like this isn't the first time that this has happened either. So, um, But you had an opportunity, though, to actually win the game. Um, uh, you know, a couple key interceptions, key turnovers were kind of – also bad as well so i mean like i said i thought it was a pretty good game i, I hate it though um when, when but then again though the only thing i don't like about it is when officials kind of mar up the game you, you don't want the game to be about the officiating and that's what happened in that game i think it wish it, i wish it was somewhat of a clean game it played if, if, if clemson came out then i think a lot of people would be like shaking their hands saying yeah good game Clemson but there were a few questionable calls in the game and I, I think that's the, the this justice to, to to the game of football not just the Ohio State for Ohio State fans thinking that they got you know kind of screwed but it screwed the football game because it was actually a really good game it, it, it was a, a, a battle tested game where Ohio State went up early then Clemson fought their way back uh, Clemson did a really good job. There was three red zone, you know, opportunities that Ohio State had. They could have punched in a touchdown and said they were held to a field goal. So that that's great defensive execution by Clemson. And you got to give credit where credit is due. They they played a heck of a football game, but unfortunately, the game will be remembered because of penalty calls. But then again, though, Ohio State fans can't really say much because there's a national championship game there against Miami where a lot of people question the flag coming out the last play of the game where actual confetti came out in the field thinking Miami won it but instead it was Ohio because they State. did and Chris Gamble knows and he will go to his grave knowing that that was not past interference and, and and so that kind of puts a little bit of a wrinkle into the dynasty of the Canes if they would have won that national championship game uh, I, there, there'd be a large consideration of saying that was probably some of the greatest. It still is greatest talent com- compiled, but because they didn't win that national championship game, it, I think it'll just be known as a great team instead of probably one of the greatest. Um, but you know, I guess that's just what happens with refereeing. There's always human error. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's 
Yeah, so this all Ohio State, you guys, like they love getting the reps and stuff. Chris Gamble, just remember that next time you can think about the reps, just look at that 01 National Championship team and be like, yeah, it's even. Well, I don't know if it's even. I just, like I told them, I said, I just think that it's like, come on. I don't think it's good for the game because then it it takes away from the narrative. It was a great game played. And then you have this, you know, somewhat of a a poor call. And that's all everybody's going to remember is the poor call. They're not going to remember all the great plays. But then again, uh, but there's only a few handful of games where it's like, man, that was a really great game or championship game or great college football game and nowadays now with the scrutiny of twitter and and, and all these replays and social media and besides twitter it it just seems like now it's getting away from great games to now you know people are blaming things on calls yeah it's always interesting just to see kind of not just revisionist history i would say but kind of the way that the narratives get written and how kind of they drive the storylines, and in about 10 to 15 years, it's going to be some of that same conversation. Well, I remember back in 2019, that bad officiating call, and everyone's just like, yeah. 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 And then, like I said, it's just, keep going. And the last loser for me, Tyler Huntley. And even though. He wasn't, like, the main factor. It was more of the defense letting them down for Utah. But in the end of the game, after Utah gets embarrassed 38-10 by Texas, Tyler Huntley basically says that his teammates treated this fall game as a vacation, and that just set everyone off. Mm-hmm. It's not – it's one of the first times that I can honestly think of a player saying, hey, we didn't treat this like a business trip like we did every other season. We treated this like a vacation, relaxed, and put the work and effort in. And I give Tyler Huntley credit because he has the cojones to actually say it. But, you know, a lot of the coaches probably thought it's like probably looking at the effort and the intensity that they put into practice. But then that just gets into the bowl season entirely because you have a lot of these college kids who get, you know, a couple of days, they go to these exotic locations for some Others, they get, you know, these five-star treatments. They do all these charitable things that they normally do throughout the season that doesn't get as much fanfare. But then they get the gifts, and they get all these trinkets and stuff for momentum for this whole season. And in a sense, some of those, some of those players, and I'm speaking, you know, broad brush, there's some that probably take this seriously, but then there are others like, oh, you know, look at this gift. Look at these new headphones. You know, thinking about Ohio State and now LSU, as we heard about this week. You know, star alums getting, you know, gifting everyone headphones. Like, yes, like, like, it, it just, I think Kyle Huntley connected with a lot of people, mainly from Mudgeon, you know, who want to get back to the glory days of playing football. But it's just a fresh perspective from this generation who have grown up seeing all these bowl game gifts and all these things that happen leading up to the actual game and then for his team to basically just not show up. Like, I have to get some time. But yeah, Utah got embarrassed by a Texas team that's not good. Mm-hmm. And, and it was bad. And 
like Tyler Huntley said, players just can't put in the work. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, I, I don't know, David, did you listen to, uh, I don't even know if you got a chance to listen to my proposal of the uh, 16-team playoff, uh, getting rid of all bowl games, though. No more flea bag bowls. I didn't, and I've been kind of meditating on it. But I think eventually you'll get to a point where it's 16, similar to kind of how they do it. The FCS and D2 and D3, mm-hmm. where it's just, you know, playoffs and they're fine with it. I just think because there's so much of a revenue generator and now you're getting new sponsors to bowl games and you're doing all these other things to promote all these sites mm-hmm. and all these other... Because if you look at some of these sites, like we know like what's going to happen to things like the Rose Bowl. That's you know the granddaddy of them all, as they always say. Is that going to be affected? You know, people in Pasadena will be like, hmm... But does anyone? You know, but does anyone like, pay attention? Though that's that's my question. Does anyone really pay attention to these bowl games? I mean, it depends on. Yeah, obviously those conferences like Pac-12 and Big Ten are always going to promote the Rose Bowl for sure. I mean, football diehards like me, I'm going to watch it just because football diehard. Right. But I think because of the New York. And New Year's Six or the big games are the ones that are more recognized, like the Fiesta Bowl, the Orange Bowl, like District Bowls. Like they have quite themselves enough clout to people are going to be drawn in because it's the matches of these conferences, or if it's not, you know, when it's not the playoff semifinal game. Right. But I can I can easily see, you know, think about for for the teams, you know. What about Detroit to where the Quitlane Bowl? Like, that's a Detroit revenue generator. Or the Hawaii Bowl, that's a revenue generator for Honolulu. Like, outside of, like, the Big Six Bowls, these are, like, major... Like, people aren't going to think about Albuquerque, New Mexico, outside of the New Mexico Bowl if you're not part of, you know, the state of New Mexico. So I think because it has so much revenue and brings in a lot of attention to these small cities or medium-sized cities that normally don't have football ESPNIs on them or Fox or CBS, whatever network. I think that's going to keep a lot of these bowls kind of going, like the Citrus Bowl or the Gator Bowl. Like Outside of, you know, Jacksonville Jaguars fans, the only thing about a football game in Jacksonville, Florida Outside of Idaho, does anyone think about the Potato Bowl? I mean, us in the MAC because we're so used because that's our bowl game affiliation that we have. So, like, yeah, some of these small. I think it's going to be difficult to get rid of the smaller bowls, but in concept and theory, it's, it it will work fine. It's just money talk, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. It does work like that. I just think though that when you have the playoff. It's going to generate money, especially if you have some pretty good matchups. And, you know, you can listen to the podcast a little bit more. But I, I, I really think it's getting to the point where no one's really caring. I mean, people aren't remembering who won the um, the Rose Bowl from last year. This year was a pretty decent Rose Bowl with Oregon. But who who won the Rose Bowl last year? Yeah, that was a hard say in the farewell, quote-unquote farewell for Urban Meyer. Yeah, but some people... 
don't remember it. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's just that's just the crazy part about it. Yeah, and I mean, I understand. We know that it's about money, but I think eventually it should get to 16. Just because it'll make things a lot easier. Just in general, and we can just like, hey, these are 16 teams, boom, be done with it. But you see, it's not going to like that idea. Right. Transitioning quickly to the winners of the bowl season. All right, go ahead. Or Oregon. Kind of marquee victory. I think a lot of people were wondering if Oregon was actually, you know, a legitimate team or if they were just kind of coming out of the pack trial. Ooh. And it was a pretty good match with Wisconsin, you know, punches back and forth, back and forth, and Justin Herbert beat it out. But even though Herbert really didn't play that well, neither did Jacko and the quarterback for Wisconsin. But it was a it was a physical game, and we expected it to be a good game. And they let up Alabama, second winner. I mean, when you're ticked off, just so happened that you're playing against Michigan, and Michigan fans are like, oh, we lost another bowl game. Everybody was going to lose against Alabama because they were not in the college football playoffs, and Nick Saban is not about that life. Well, we have to give credit to Minnesota because... How many of us honestly thought that to turn around this quickly for rowing the boat and beating an SEC team in Auburn, mm-hmm. I really think C.J. Fleck, if you told him at the beginning of the year you're going to beat an SEC team in a bowl game January 1st, he would probably take that and run with it. And Minnesota's had one heck of a season. Right. I mean, some crazy losses, but... Yeah, got to got to row the boat. And the last one, the SEC, just because the juggernaut just continues. Mm-hmm. We may have another SEC national championship game, Florida and Georgia. Are like, hey, what about us? And then, of course, you know, Alabama doing Alabama thing. And so with that, winners and losers, the 2019-2020 bowl season, mm-hmm. you can book it. Nice. And as usual, you can always listen to the winners and losers from David the Man and God Harris on our podcast from SoundCloud and on iTunes. The football season went by pretty fast this year. Yeah, kind of you blinked and it was like, oh, football season kind of snuck up on us. And then once you get into the rhythm of not just college football playoff, but pro football, then it's like, oh, next thing you know, it's November and the college football playoff rankings are out and we're talking about that and we're going back and forth and then conference championships and then because they put like 15 bowls a day seemingly mm-hmm. and then flew through the bowl season and now we're at the dawn of crowning a national champion and then regular football is going to be done within the month's time okay. and then the all-star games Woo. Right, so we'll be focusing more on NBA. What you got planned this weekend, David? I'll watch a little bit of college football, kind of getting prepared for this. Maybe there are a couple of games there on repeat, so free run as we look back the season that was. Look at some NBA games, and of course, NFL playoffs. Done, almost done and dusted. We're that much closer to Super Bowl in Miami. 
Mm, that is right. Well, Damon, man, have a really good weekend up there in uh, Syracuse. Uh, I know we hadn't talked to you in a while. It seemed like since Thanksgiving almost, even though you don't bring it up saying happy Thanksgiving. Kind of a uh, Mr. Snyder uh, spoof there. But uh, like I said, have a good weekend. Enjoy some sports. All right. You too. See you next week. All right. That was David, the man of God, Harris here on 88.3 WGGs. After further review, uh, when we return... We got more sports and sports and sports and sports. You can always hear us live here on 88.3 WXUT 11 to 1 or on the podcasts on SoundCloud and iTunes. We'll be back after this here on 88.3 WXUT. After further review.